Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, we're excited to jump into the book of James. And Lord, we just pray that you would bring it alive to us. God, may it be practical, Lord. May it speak to our hearts and our minds, Lord. God, I pray, God, that it convicts us, challenges us, blesses us, encourages us, strengthens us, God. God, you know what we need to hear. Minister to us today, Lord. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, how about you do this? Give your neighbor a high five and let's get into this. Give your neighbor a high five. Come on. You ain't got a neighbor that's close? Hey, just kind of air high five them. High fives. High five. All right. All right. God is so good. He is so good. So church, I want to say this. There have been times in my life where God has allowed trials to take place. I want you to get this. There have been times in my life where God has allowed trials to take place in my life. You're like, Pastor, what do you mean? God's allowed something to happen in your life? Yes. Because there is something that God is wanting to develop and strengthen in me. Right. God is wanting to grow me. How do we come to think that God might grow us or develop us? You know, we think, well, maybe it's how it is when we're a child, you know? We, we go to sleep, we sleep, we rest, and, and our bones stretch out, right? We have that slide of sleeping, got that? Yeah, there we are. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be spiritually mature. I'm going to be stronger in my faith when I wake up. And that's, that's not how it works. We want to think that God just snaps his finger. I asked him for great faith, and now I got it. See, what God does in his wisdom, with his intention in our lives is he'll allow a trial to take place. He'll allow some testing to happen within us. Through that, we become stronger. We have the opportunity to draw closer to him. And there have been some times, I'll tell you, where God's done it with my children. Something's happened there, or something's happened with my finances. And I'm like, how could this be? But through that, God has developed something. And every time, every time, it's been, son, do you trust me? Do, 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 do you trust me? What, what kind of prayers will you pray when you're going through it? Will they be defeated prayers? Will they be blaming prayers? Or will they be powerful prayers of faith? See, in the moment of testing, testing can become temptation to do the wrong thing. Maybe you're here today and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you've really struggled with something and you feel like it's only gotten worse. And I want to encourage you today, church. Our Heavenly Father loves you. He loves you. And I hope by the time we finish today's message that you come to understand that there are some things that may happen in your life, but God's love remains consistent and constant in your life. And so we've been, uh, we, last week we looked at verses 1 through 12, and today we're going to look at verses 13 through 18. So if you can, um, follow along on the screen or on your app or in your message notes or just listen. It says this in James chapter 1, verses 13 through 18. This is this. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. 
But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth, uh, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Testing and temptation. Testing and temptation. Now, one can certainly become the other, but they are not the same. Now, you and I and the people that are in the row next to you have all struggled with some type of temptation. We talk about it today, church. That's the truth. We're being honest. Every single one of us has dealt with some type of temptation. Listen, you may feel like, hey, you know, you're going through it right now, and there's something that you're struggling with now. Or maybe you feel like you're not, but I'll tell you it's coming. Every single one of us have dealt with some type of temptation. Here's the good news. Through God's word, we can overcome. We can break change. And I want to say this, and I want you to get this because this is important. Some of you have been dealing with some stuff, and it's not just from you. It's, it's generational curses that have been brought along. There, there's some things that your daddy has been dealing with, and now you're dealing with. There's some things that have happened from your great, 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 and you're still dealing with that same thing in your generation. And I want you to know that that can be broken in your family line. I want you to know that God is good. I want you to know that you can persevere. But to be clear today, so there is absolutely no confusion, so that there's clarity. What is testing and what is temptation? See, there's a huge difference between them. And I believe this is something that every believer, absolutely every believer needs to be absolutely clear on. Now, let me ask you this. Is temptation from God? As I, as I look at a slide like this, is, is, is God trying to tempt me to do the wrong thing? That's right. That's right. The Bible is very clear on this. In verse 13, it says this. Let no one say when he is tempted. Can someone say when he is tempted? I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Now, here's the thing. When he is tempted, you and I will be tempted. There's no one here who's exempt from that. Every single one of us will deal with that to some level or another. Jesus was tempted. We look in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is being tempted by the devil. The book of Hebrews describes him as one who uh, has been tempted in every way, yet did not sin. We will be tempted. Why doesn't God tempt us? Why doesn't he tempt us? Three reasons. I'm going to give you three reasons. These are your blanks. You could fill in the notes or on your app or, or just take notes wherever you like. Three reasons why God does not tempt us. Well, first, according to verse 13, it says this. He cannot be tempted with evil. He cannot be. See, this is the thing. It would be evil of God to try and set a trap for you to fall in. Think about that. If God was tempting you, that would be evil of him. And, think, and remember this. God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. God is omnipresent. Imagine the advantage 
Not only would you fall into a trap, but you would never get up. You would never come out of that ever if that's who he was. But that's not who he is. In Proverbs chapter 26, verse 27, it says this. If you set a trap for others, you will get caught in it yourself. If you roll a boulder down on others, it will crush you instead. And I think you can understand the wisdom here, but the wisdom is his. Would God set a, a, a trap of temptation for you so that he would get crushed? Think about that. No. As the scriptures say, he cannot be tempted with evil to do evil. In Psalms 141, verse 9, it says this, Keep me from the traps they have set for me, from the snares of those who do wrong. You see, traps are meant and set to capture someone, not to capture their attention, but to capture them into slavery, slavery into sin. It is not God's desire that you would become a slave to sin. God has not set temptation before you so that you will become a slave to that. That's, that. That is not God. That goes against his character. God does not tempt us. But I told you there were three. The second thing is this. God, he does not plan to harm his children. God doesn't plan to harm you in any way. I don't care who said that to you, who lied, where that thought came from. God never plans to harm his children. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, it says this, For I know the plans I have for you. Come on, somebody. Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Some of you are familiar with this verse. Some of you are familiar with this passage. But I want you to come to this place of understanding that God has good intentions for you and I. That's his, that's his heart. That's his, his desire. Again, according to this, it would be completely against who God is if he was trying to tempt us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, For we are God's masterpiece. Someone say masterpiece. masterpiece. Someone say, I am God's masterpiece. I want you to take a moment and speak life into the person next to you and say, you are God's masterpiece. And here's my challenge. Now, this challenge is not at the end of the notes, but this is just a challenge I want to give you right now. Would you find someone this week that you did not just talk to, and would you look them in the eye and say, you were God's masterpiece? I'm giving you that challenge this week. Find somebody this week, not right now. It says this, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You see, God doesn't plan to harm us. He considers us his masterpiece that he's planned for us to do long ago. The third area, the third thing is this, God, he is unreservedly good. He is unreservedly good. And if you know him personally, Come on, somebody. Then you know this about him. And the word tells us the same thing. In Psalms 46, verses 1 through 3, it says this. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come. Come on, natural disasters. And the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. 
Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Come hell or high water, God is still faithful. Come on, somebody. No matter what's happened in my life, God is still good. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to declare his praises in my home, in my family, over my marriage, over my job, over everything that God has given me. Because I'm grateful for his love. I'm grateful for what he's done. And if he's done it in my life once, he could do it again. Come on, somebody. How am I going to handle what's in front of me? I want you to understand something, that in the midst of what's happening, he will draw closer to you than any disaster can overtake you. What is temptation? What is temptation? In verse 14, it says this, but each person is tempted when he is lured, someone say lured, Lured. and enticed, someone say enticed, by his own desire. You should understand this, brothers and sisters, it comes from here. I want you to pay attention to the word lured. You see, what's happening here is this is, this is a, a fishing metaphor. Any fishermen who have been fishing, caught a fish? You ever tried and not been able to catch nothing? Right here. That's, help me because I cannot fish. But each person is tempted when he is lured. I want you to understand something. It's a fishing metaphor. This is meant to uh, draw out the prey from the safety of their shelter to be caught on a deadly hook. I want you to understand something. It goes out. I don't know if that's fly fishing. I don't know how to fish. I don't know. It goes out. It gets caught. And then it, it gets reeled in. It gets lured in. I want, you, I want you to see that. See, our temptation comes from, from here. And here's what I want to say to you, and I want you to get this. So I, I, I want us just to be real honest. I'm going to be real honest right now. There are moments that when that trial hits and that thing doesn't go the way that we hoped it would have gone or whatever's happened and it's just hit us, that in that moment, just for a second, because we want to do the right thing, we want to honor the Lord, but just for a second, it comes to here, and, and we know that no one's looking, and we have the opportunity to do the wrong thing. Because then who's going to know? Nobody's going to know. It's right there. We have the opportunity to do the wrong thing. It's there. Nobody, nobody's around. It's there. Just for a split second, it comes here, and we have a choice to make. Or it's happened, and just for a split second, I want to do the right thing. But God, it's all your, oh, I got it. I got, no, it's not God's fault. But or there's that opportunity to, to, to see that thing that my eyes should not be seeing. And it's there. I put on that movie, and I know that that scene is coming up. And it's, it's there. See, it comes from within. And sometimes, it's not that we fully want it. Come on, somebody. It's just that sometimes... We stand near doors that we shouldn't be. And I want to say this. Stand near a door long enough and it'll open on you. What business do you have here standing near this door? If you stand near the door, it'll eventually open up on you. It's going to open. If you don't stand there, when it opens, you won't be around. Come on, somebody. 
Oh, no, I'm strong. I can stand near this door. I can hang out over here. It's open, but, but, but I'm going to be fine. I'm strong in my faith. Ain't nothing going to bother me, shake me, mess me up. But you stand near the door, it's going to open on you. That, that hook is going to go out, it's going to catch you, and it's going to lure you in. Hope you're following me this morning. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, I'm going to read it in the NIV and in the ESV. It says this, and do not give the devil a foothold. He don't need for the door to be wide open. Hey, come on in. Come on in, devil. Come, come on. Hey, we got the signs like we're greeting outside. Hey, devil, come on. Hey. He don't need that. He just needs a foothold. He just needs his, his foot right there. That's enough for him to get in in your life. And look, listen to what it says in the ESV. It says this, and give no opportunity to the devil. So you want to know what temptation is? Temptation is simply an opportunity that we've given the devil to mess us up in all kinds of ways. What I want to tell you, church, is stop giving him opportunities. You're being too nice, too generous. Stop giving him opportunities because he's ready and willing. It's not like he takes any vacations. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to mess with them this time. No, he's ready and willing. You've heard that song? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? The devil sings it a little bit different. Christians, Christians, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when I come for you? You think like he's taking the day off or something. You think, listen, temptation is real. Let him in. Stand by the door long enough. I'm strong enough. It ain't going to mess with me. Stand by the door. He'll throw his hook and he'll reel you in. You'll be at a place that you never thought you would be. I love the Lord. Well, what am I doing in this situation? What's going on in my life? The Bible says this in verse 15. It says this. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. See, that desire will turn into like a new baby. Yeah, new baby, you know what that's like, right? Hey, I know what it's like. Still pray for me. Sleep is on the prayer list. But it's kind of like that. You see, they, they go from the, you know, the, the little infants... And then, and then begin to crawl. They're like this toddler. And, 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 and then they're like this, this child. They're walking. They're running. They're, you, you know, they become a preteen. And now they're a teenager. Now they're an adult. And now they're getting older in life. And here's what happens. See, you let this desire in because you were standing where you shouldn't have been standing. And now this thing has developed, fully formed, grown in your life. Now it says fully grown. What? Brings what? forth death in your life completely dead the, 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 the good things of God die in your life here's the good news we serve a resurrecting God that whatever dreams you have that feel like are gone or whatever how much time has passed God can bring that back to life 
But you got to choose him. You got to choose him. He can resurrect it. You can persevere. So what's testing? If God doesn't tempt me, and we know he tests, then what's testing? You know, we talked about this last week, but I want to say this about testing. Testing is God providing, uh, God providing an opportunity for us to choose him, to draw closer to him, and to build endurance. I'm going to say it again. God providing an opportunity for us to choose him, draw closer to him, and build endurance in our lives. Now, here's a verse that from last week is part of the, the series in uh, James 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. It says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. See, this is God providing an opportunity in your life. Some of you say, God's given me plenty of opportunity. Some of you say, God, I don't want no more opportunity. That's enough. Hey, somebody. But God simply wants to see you choose him. God simply wants to see you develop further, grow stronger, overcome, pass the test, persevere in your life. Because there's testing and there's temptation. One is from God, one is not. And James comes to this place where he wants to be absolutely clear with the Christians. And he goes on to say uh, how good God is. In verse 17, he says this. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I want you to understand something, brothers and sisters. There is nothing good in this life that doesn't have its origins in God. There's nothing. Every good thing that you've experienced in this life comes from one. They all have his origins from our Heavenly Father. Every single one of them. And I love the way that James describes him. He calls him the Father of lights. I want you to get this. You know what he's referring to? He's talking about the, the stars and the sun and the moon and, and how God has created the universe. That God, that guy, the one that created that He's the one that gives good and perfect gifts. And then he goes on to say that he's, he's not like the, the, the one with whom the shifting shadows, and he begins to refer to the day and the night, the sun and the moon, how they, they change each day. They come and they go, they come and they go. And he says, listen, they, those things might change, but God doesn't. He remains good. He remains good for, for you and I. He is always good. And so listen, today I want to leave you with some very practical steps when it comes to temptation because it's a real thing. You know, sometimes the truth is that temptation has a real grip, a real strong grip in our lives. And I just want to read three verses. I'm going to give you three quick points here and we're going to close. I'm going to give you this challenge here. Um, it, says, it says this, um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others have experienced. Listen, this was written thousands of years ago. We're still dealing with the same temptations, the same type of things. It says this, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And I love that. God doesn't give the temptation, yet he'll give you a way out. 
God didn't put you in that situation, yet he's like, listen, son, I know that's where you're at, but listen, I got a way out for you. Listen, this is what you're dealing with. Here's the back door. We're gonna, I'm going to get you out of this. That's God's heart. That's his desire. Paul gives a charge to Timothy, to the young pastor. He tells him this in 1 Timothy 6.11. He says, but you, man of God, flee from all of this. Someone say flee. flee. And it says this, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And then in Matthew 26, 41, it says this, watch and pray. Someone say, watch and pray. So that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus is speaking to his disciples about some very thing, uh, about some very specific things. But there's a general context there for us that we can watch and pray not to fall into temptation. Now, here are the three points that I told you. You ready? Here they are. Here's how to handle temptation. Here we go. Recognize it, flee from it, and guard against it. Okay? I'm going to say again. Recognize it. Recognize the temptation, the sin that's there. Flee from it and guard against it. Now, church, this is what happens, and I want you to get this. this. This is what happens. We only do numbers one and three. That's it. We recognize that that's sin. We recognize that that's temptation right there. And we also try to guard it. So here I am. I'm over here, standing over here, trying to be strong. Nope, I'm not going to fall in temptation. Nope. And we find ourselves spending time with people that we should not be spending time with. We find ourselves looking at stuff that we shouldn't be seeing. And again, I mentioned that earlier, but you, you're watching that movie. You know what scene is coming up. Oh, no, don't worry, Pastor. I, I put a blindfold when that one comes on. I press fast forward. I, I, I just skip over that one. Or, or you're online and you know it's just one click away for you to see something that you shouldn't be seeing. Ah, but I'm strong. I ain't going to click on that site. I ain't going to do it. Nope, not me. I'm strong in my faith. But that's not what the Bible teaches us, for you to stay there and try and be strong. The Bible teaches us to flee. You know what flee means? Run. Somebody like, Pastor, I don't know if I could run anymore. <laughs> I'm talking about Run. Here's the problem. Here's the temptation. Here's the sin. Here's the thing that we're dealing with right there. We're like, well, the pastor said I'm supposed to flee. So we, we, we don't run. We, we walk. <laughs> we just keep looking back at it. <laughs> uh, And we don't do no kind of fleeing. It's, it's, it's right there. You guys seen those love stories that they keep looking back. <laughs> but the Bible teaches us to flee, to run from it. Run and don't look back. Whatever that situation is, whatever that, that test, whatever that, that temptation is, there, whatever that sin is, run, flee, and don't look back. David, can you join me? We're going we're gonna to close. I'm going to finish this out here and give you a challenge here in just a second. I want you to understand something. Temptation is real, and it desires to master you. In the Old Testament, there's this story, and it's, it's such a powerful story. There's this young man. He's, 
He's, he's a strong, good-looking, uh, well-built man. And, uh, you know, God's doing some, some testing in his life. God's doing some developing. He's like, he don't fully get it. But as you read the, uh, further along in the passages, you come to understand that God's setting him up for success and blessing and favor. But he don't get it. So at this point in his life, he's young. He's strong. He's handsome. He's good looking. And he's serving as a servant in another man's home. Now, he's, as he's in this home, one day everyone is gone, and he's there in the home. And the wife of the guy who's gone and everyone's gone is there. And this wife desires the young man. She's looking at him, and she's got all kinds of eyes for him. She's checking out this young brother. And she's looking at him, and she wants him. Nobody's around. See, he's in a position. He's in a place where who's going to find out? Who's going to know? If he does it, who's going to know? No one's going to ever know. She ain't going to speak on it. He ain't going to speak on it. No one's going to know. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that that boy ran out of there. He fled from the situation. What I'm trying to tell you today is this. When temptation becomes knocking at your door, run. Run the other way. If not, you're going to find yourself in a place where I never, I thought I would be with the good things of God. Why am I dealing with this still? And be careful that you don't pass something down to the next generation, hey? Stop dealing with that. Flee. And don't kind of look back and wish what pastor said I had to get away from it. No, run. Run away from it. Serve God, love God, walk with God. It's so much better. It's so much better. It's so much better every single time. Here's my challenge for you. Simply this. Will you choose to endure testing and seek to draw closer to God? And the Lord impressed that first part on me for simply this. Sometimes the testing is happening in our lives and we give up because it's tough. And we get tempted to do the wrong thing, whether that's blame or doubt or find another resource or or, or some other feel good or whatever it is. Endure, brothers and sisters. Endure, church. Stay strong. Honor God. I promise on the other side is his blessing, his favor, his goodness in your life. And the second part of the challenge is this. Will you recognize, flee, and guard against temptation? Is this real? It's real. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing him alive speaking to us, ministering to us, encouraging us, God, challenging us, convicting us. We need that. We need that. Father, I pray that you would strengthen your church. I pray, God, that you would strengthen your body. God, help us to walk into the things you have. And God, we understand that trials will come, God, but we want to endure them so that you can continue to develop the good things that you have for us. Oh, Father, I pray, God, that we would come to a place where we recognize, we flee, and then we guard against it. Oh, Heavenly Father, would you be glorified? God, there's some areas that we need to confess. There's some areas that we need to repent of. 
Hey, and that's a beautiful thing. So, Father, work in us, your sons and your daughters, Lord. We need you. Nobody looking around, maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I hear what you're saying and I need to get right with God. The truth is that has not been the case. I haven't been walking with him. But I see now, I want to, I desire to, I don't know where to begin. It's right here, right now. That if the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. So it's an invitation to be a Christ follower. And if you know that you haven't been walking right with God, with nobody looking around, and that's you, I just want you to quickly put your hand up and then down. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Four of us. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you so much. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray forgiveness. God, we repent. Whatever it is, whatever we've done, wherever we've, whatever we've been doing, God, we repent of that right now. Forgive us. God, I pray your mercy over our lives. God, I pray your grace, the same grace that I need, I pray that grace over my brothers and sisters right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, God, that we would be able to walk with you hand by hand. God, grow closer to you, Lord. I pray that you would work within us, Lord. I pray you would teach us your ways. God, I pray that we would receive the gift of eternal life, Lord. God, bless your house. Strengthen us that, God, we can be everything that you've called us to be. So, Father, bless us today. Strengthen your body, and we give you all the honor and all the glory. In Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen.